Well, if you have your Bibles, uh, we've kind of gotten off the path. We were going through the, the book of Hebrews and, uh, of course, Christmas and New Year's and all that. So we're going to go ahead and uh, on Sunday night finish out the rest of the, of the book of uh, Hebrews. Uh, I trust uh, that uh, you've gotten uh, something out of our uh, the, the preaching and the teaching of the book of Hebrews. And so we're going to continue out and uh, we'll finish that uh, out. Uh, so in Hebrews, and we just have one verse tonight. Now, some of you are already having a, a revival. You're thinking, surely he will not keep us that long. It's just one verse. But it's a verse that is full, full, full. And it's pertaining to faith. Uh, I've entitled this evening's message, Tough Times Call for Tough Faith. Now, I don't know about you, but where I live, uh, it's tough times. We have a government that's shut down. We have North Korea that you don't know what they're going to do. We have problems there in Israel, and the Palestinians are all up in a, a fuss, and uh, we are, our neighborhoods are no longer uh, safe, and you hear of killings on a regular basis when you turn the news on. We can go on and on and on. We're living in tough times, and it calls for tough faith. Matter of fact, I believe that as we are in the latter days, and I believe we are in there, that they're going to get even tougher. So don't get all worked up that, uh, you know, uh, you're going to see uh, uh, some real movement. Uh, I really don't think we're going to see that. But having said all that, I believe that uh, we are here for a purpose. And we're not here to wring our hands and say, let's just go ahead and give up. Matter of fact, I think the opposite is true for the, the true church is that now is a time for us to get even busier for the cause of Amen. Jesus Christ. And so that, of course, uh, means that we have to have of tough faith. Now, you're in Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse number 1. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, there's a whole lot to say about that one particular verse. Uh, we know and we talked about faith and uh, faith is... See, our problem is not faith. Our problem is the object of our faith. See, we exercise faith each and every day, do we not? I mean, I've heard people say things like, uh, and, and they're, they're not believers, and they'll even use that word faith. We now have, uh, uh, they're, they're calling uh, Christian organizations, but it's not only Christian organizations. They just throw everything in there together, and they'll call them faith-based. And we get to say, well, at least they're using the word faith. Well, faith is not where we're in trouble at. It's the object of our faith where we're missing the boat. And so he, we see that uh, in this verse, and uh, as we continue on, of course, chapter number 11 is 
uh, the hall of uh, the faith. It's where he starts make mentioning uh, uh, the Old Testament saints and talking about their faith and, uh, and all of that. But he starts out and he tells us, uh, and he's not defining faith. Here, we're not defining faith. We're describing what faith is. It's a vast difference between the two. And, and so as I was thinking about that, I, I just came uh, across uh, a very interesting story. And the story was, it was an ocean liner. It was back in the day. And it was an ocean liner. They didn't have all the modern uh, technology, but they're out to sea and a huge storm comes upon them. And it starts getting violent. The waves start going and this uh, large ocean liner starts to rocking and rolling. And uh, I mean, it, it, it's getting serious. And so uh, people were getting thrown out of their beds and uh, things were getting really, really uh, scary. And so uh, they were running around and they were thinking about what are we going to do? And the waves were coming over and uh, they just knew that any moment this ocean liner is going to to capsize. And so they're starting to get the call out. Lifeboats need to be going out. Well, there's a little girl and the little girl was asleep and they were going by the rooms and they were trying to evacuate the rooms and they came across and it was just a little girl there. The little girl happened to be the captain's daughter. She was eight years old and uh, she wanted to come uh, with her dad. And so she was sleeping there and uh, they said, you've got to get out. we got to get ready. And they were describing and the, the ship was going back and forth and it was getting, people were getting panicky. I mean, all kinds of mayhem was going on around them. And so she looked at them and she says, well, is, is my father on the deck? And they said, well, of course your, your father is on the deck. She says, that's all I need to go. She turned around, went back into her cabin, and went to sleep. See, she had faith. And she was able to sleep well even when the storms were tossing, even when everybody else was panicky. She had faith that as long as her daddy was on board and on deck and in the controls, everything was going to be all right. And that describes our Heavenly Father, does it not? See, our faith should dictate that no matter how difficult things become, no matter how chaotic things may be, we can have that reassurance and our faith should kick in to such a degree that we can say, as long as the master's on board, we're okay. And so I started looking and I came with some things here. We see that faith and we're not talking about blind faith here. See, blind faith is, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and I'll just kind of grope around and uh, hopefully I'll just bump into God. That's not what kind of faith we're talking about. We're, we're talking about a faith that's based upon the Word of God. Three things that you'll see here in this one verse. First of all, you're going to see the foundation of our faith. The second thing is that we're going to see the firmness of our faith and the last thing that we'll see is the force of our faith. How do we describe faith? Well, I came across this. It's not an original. I stole it from somebody like I do most of my stuff. 
Well, they stole it from somebody else too. I mean, we're just swapping around. You know, and the preacher say, amen. <laughs> you know, there's not too much original stuff out there. But I came across this. He said, here's how to describe faith. If God says, I will lead you, faith says, I will follow. That's pretty good. If God says, I will feed you, faith says, we're going to eat. If God says, I will meet your needs, faith says, it's done. And so here, the first thing that we see is the foundation. Notice the word substance. That's a very interesting word. And uh, substance, it means to support. Uh, foundation, I use the word for it. And so here's the, uh, what our faith should be. that it, it, it is laid upon a firm foundation, a strong foundation. Uh, we see that substance uh, helps us to understand that uh, we're not living by what we're seeing, but we're living by what we're hearing. Did you catch that? See, when God says something, that should go ahead and take care of the matter. Now, you might not understand why you're having to go through what you're going through. You might not understand that uh, the storms are raging with you, but we can just go ahead and we can lay, have a foundation that if God says it, that settles it. My daddy-in-law, uh, he's gone on to be with the Lord, uh, Donna's dad, but when I first met him, uh, he's, uh, uh, he was one of those guys... Uh, that was very strong. He taught Sunday school. He was a carpenter. And uh, he always was building things. And uh, he would go to a, a job and uh, he would never throw anything away. <laughs> Some of you might be like that. And so Donna's mom would always get in a tizzy. He, he would bring just junk, what we'd call junk. And he would pile it up in the yard and uh, uh, she would go ahead and, and she would really have a meltdown. And then he says, I guess I better clean the place up a little bit. She's really getting on to me. You know, he, he, and he's, uh, he's, he says, I just don't want anything. You know, he goes, and uh, so I'm helping him clean out some stuff. And he would, uh, uh, I'd say to me, it looked like a piece of junk. And I'm ready to go ahead and throw it in the, the burn pile. And he's, oh, no, 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 no. I think I can build something out of that. That's just the kind of guy he was. But he had a, a, a pickup truck, and he had this bumper. And the bumper said that God is my co-pilot. Maybe you've seen uh, bumper stickers. Maybe you have one. And so one day I just looked, uh, and I thought, I'm going to go ahead and tell him. Now, I was kind of scared. He was a, kind of a short little fella, uh, but I was kind of intimidated by him. And so I went up to him and I said, uh, Papa, that's what we called him. I said, Papa, I said, uh, I've, I can't help but notice your bumper sticker. He said, you like my bumper sticker? I said, well, your bumper sticker's okay, but I, I'm just having to disagree with what it says. What, he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, it says God is my co-pilot. I said, shouldn't he be your pilot? He looked at me and he says, Got a point there. <laughs> See, when God says it, 
it doesn't matter if you can make sense of it or you believe it. That just goes in and settles it. So here we, we see the foundation, uh, the substance or, 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 or the, the foundation. Now notice the Old Testament saints. And, and uh, if you go and look at the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament saints, their promises were looking towards Calvary. Just go ahead and read your Old Testament. Everything was pointing towards Calvary, right? It was always pointing to the future. Now, we need to understand that the promises, the, the, the promises are still intact, but now our promises point back to Calvary. Because, see, Jesus, when he came on, he says that the law, he says, I've not come to abolish, but I've come to fulfill. So the Old Testaments, their promises were pointing them towards. They were pointing them to the future. But here's where their faith, and here's the description of their faith. Even though the promises were pointing forward, they were living in those promises in the present tense. Y'all didn't hear that. The, the promises were the future, but they were living those promises that were in the future as if they were in present tense. That's faith. That's faith. See, uh, the, the, in verse 1 it says that faith is based upon the things that you cannot see. We don't live by the things that we see. We live on the promises that God's given us. We talked this morning some about that. And I started thinking about that, about faith and, and, and things uh, uh, not being, uh, not seeing those things. And uh, I, I started thinking about my own personal faith. And uh, there's times when I really didn't understand why God was doing some of the things that he was doing. And many times he might not even show you until we get there. Uh, but uh, some, uh, many times, we look back and we'll say, now I see it. See, that's faith. I didn't wait until I saw it to act upon it because if you see it and that's when you act, that's not faith. Many of you wrestle with the fact, you say, you have questions about Scripture and you say, well, why did God do it? I don't quite understand this. And why doesn't God really lay it out more so? It's because we, it's our faith. Our, 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 our life in Christ is based on our faith, not on things that we can see. Many years ago, maybe you've read the book, This Present Darkness. And the story uh, goes is that it talks about a little bit of a town and it talks and it goes behind the scenes, if you will, and it starts talking about the spiritual warfare that's going on. See, you don't realize, maybe you do, but we really don't realize what's going on uh, and the things that we cannot see. If it did, it would scare the willies out of you. And so we see that our, uh, the angel, do you believe in? I believe in angels. The Bible says, be careful who you entertain because you may be entertaining an angel. I believe that we have guardian angels. The scripture is quite clear that they're ministering to us. And we're not even aware because we can't see but we know that God is going to take care of us and we just accept that by faith. Story. Some 
uh, years ago, as many years ago, we were moving from Alabama, maybe I've told this story, but Micah was uh, a little fella there, and we were getting pa- things packed up, and we were fixing to move uh, back to Florida. Micah, the, the, the rooms are getting empty, and there's no curtains, and so he was just looking there in Alabama on Sand Mountain. By the way, if you ever go to Sand Mountain, you will be going into a whole nother culture. And those who lived in Sand Mountain say, Amen. It's a different world up there. But we were moving and, and Michael was just staring out the window and looking at these tall pine trees that surrounded the house in which we live. Michael was just staring up in the trees. I said, Micah, what are you doing? He says, I'm looking at that man up there. And so, of course, I know children, you know, and they have imaginary friends and, and all that kind of thing. And so I said, okay. Well, he was just fixed on that. And I said, Michael, or, or what? he says, there's a man up in that tree. And I said, now, son, you know, okay, you know. Well, it's time we're, we're kind of rushing things on. He's still looking. And I said, Micah, what are you doing? He said, Daddy, don't you see that man up there in the tree? I said, no, son, I don't see it. He says, well, you ought to. <laughs> we load up. I'm going down. Now, the story here, we felt led to go back to Florida. Uh, I can tell you a whole lot of things that I can, but it was one of those that we just went by faith. We're driving down the road, and that kept coming to my mind. Now, can I prove it? No, I can't. But could it be that Micah was entertaining an angel? I'm just throwing it out there. The Bible says that we don't realize what's going on all around us. And God is orchestrating everything. And we're just accepting by faith that He's going to take care of us. And so we see here in the text, it talks about the substance and, uh, that they were looking for. But notice uh, faith, and I came here again. And this is nothing range, but it says, uh, and I like this uh, definition. It says, uh, faith trust in the unseen, but not in the unknown. Amen. Well, if it's that good, I'm going to go ahead and take credit for it. Faith is trusting, not trusting in the un, uh, trusting in the unseen, not the unknown, because not, you you know you you can know by faith what your eyes cannot see. That's faith. That's how we operate as believers. We don't have to explain everything. God has already taken care of it. And our faith, and could it be that some of the things that we're going through and uh, that we just had to accept it by faith? Uh, faith, as I made mention, faith is not our issue. Everybody, believers and non-believers, exercise faith every day. 
And some of you, you have faith that when you get up and jump in your car, your car is going to start. We have faith that when we get on the roads that we're going to be saved. We have faith that we're going to have a job when we get there on Monday morning. We exercise faith and oh, it's not the problem with faith. It's the object of our faith. This world has faith. Many politicians have faith in their abilities. See where that's getting us. And so here we do not, we, we live differently than a lost world. We don't have to have everything spelled out for us. We don't have to understand all that's going on. And sometimes that does frustrate us. But the bottom line is God has allowed things to come into our life that we cannot explain because he's trying to get us stronger in our faith. Faith is the evidence uh, and not the things that we cannot see. And, and so we, we see here uh, that we, we, we can't see them, but oh, the evidence. Now, that word evidence means conviction. That's what the word translates into. It says you, you have some evidence. Now, where's your evidence? Can't see it. That's what the... That, wouldn't you like to go into court and say, uh, oh, I'm presenting my case here, and says, okay, where's your evidence? Well... Uh, you just not seeing it. Isn't that what the text is saying? And, and you say, that's, that's crazy. Oh, it's not crazy. Because we are not living by sight. We're living by faith. And, and so here he goes, and I, I, a conviction. Where does conviction? Conviction has to start inwardly. You have to be convicted in here before you're able to perform what you've already been convicted of. And so uh, inward, what does that mean? It, it means that uh, inwardly, and we see it in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, oh, your faith starts here. It starts with conviction. You have a strong conviction that the Word of God is true. He does not lie. And so when we are getting it inwardly, what happens is our perception on things changes. See, if we're here, and, and, and many uh, people, if say we were in the corporate setting, and we're looking for a new CEO. Okay? And so here's what we're doing. We're, we're getting all kinds of resume and we're, we're doing and getting all this information piled up. And, uh, and then we're, we're going and says, well, you know, we got to have these interviews with him. And, and we go on and on and on. And I'm not saying that we don't do uh, that even in, in the uh, church setting. But what I'm saying is the corporate world, they have to see things down in writing. If you're going and if you, you, you come and say, we need to spend $100 million in the corporation, I guarantee they will say, you got to show me every line item. You have to justify everything. And when we add it up, if it doesn't add up, we're not going to do it. But what we're saying, and, then, and when you change it into our setting, uh, and, and the spiritual realm is, 
How do we tithe? Why do we tithe? Because we believe it's an act of obedience. I don't know about you, but there's been times when I have been tempted, especially early on in uh, my convert, new con, being a new convert, that I'm thinking, you know, I, and I, so I, I, you know, I probably need a tithe. And so what did I do? I didn't just go ahead and base it upon my faith. I went ahead and got the pencil and paper out, started listing all my uh, bills out and all the money that was going out. And if it didn't add up, then I had some time of justification. God would oversee this. God, I've already added it up and it's not adding up. And I sure can't afford to tithe because I'm just barely making uh, ends meet and I can barely get my bills paid for. But that's not how we operate as believers. God's arithmetic is far different than our arithmetic. And God says with you by faith, tithing is faith. It's a faith action. And I have done it. Many of you have done it as well. You look on paper and says, I don't know how we're doing it, but we're doing it. I know how we're doing it because God has rewarded your act of faith. And so here we see the evidence of we've got to have a transformer. And so what happens is when we get our conviction uh, and we, we get the evidence and we get it here, then it goes to the heart and then eventually it would work its way outwardly. Well, how does it work its way outwardly? First of all, perception. You don't see things like you used to anymore. Now, because of perception... You now are persuaded differently. You're motivated differently. You don't have to see it add up on paper. If God's told you to do it, you just went ahead and did it. Why? Because you had a conviction and you had a different perception and your perception has now changed your motivation. Your motivation is not because you know it's going to work. It doesn't work on paper. Now you're saying, I don't even question anymore. I'm going to be obedient to God, I'm going to show my faith and my faith is God's word is true and he's told me that he will not let me go he will not forsake me and the God's word says he will meet every one of my needs act of faith perception and then it works itself in performance church that's how we're supposed to live by faith now, and I'm talking about blind faith. But when we have a perception and that perception helps us in our motivation and then we are, are working outwardly and we will do things. And I'm not saying we go and do oh, crazy. I'm not saying do stupid things. I'm not saying that at all. But when, if God has laid it upon our hearts individually and corporately, we shouldn't have to sit around a table and discuss the pros and cons. What's going to happen if this happens and this happens? I'm telling you, for a believer, you shouldn't have to dictate how you're going to do things because you have a bunch of ifs. Just go ahead and be faithful and do what God's laid upon your heart. And it may not make sense. There may be some questions about it. But I'm telling you, we are a people of faith and that's what separates us from a lost world. We don't have to see it to believe it. As long as he says it, we'll believe it. 
And so I'll, I'll jot it some uh, things, just some thoughts here. Uh, outwardly, what, what does it mean to be, uh, what, what, is, uh, what are we talking about here? Where they now we come in, uh, here's the firmness. Notice is that not seen, uh, not seen. In verse number four, you're still in chapter 11 of Hebrews. In verse number four, Abel, it says by faith, Abel. We all know Abel, he gave the more excellent sacrifice. So what did Abel do? Abel acted on his faith because of the promise of God. And he was rewarded for that. But we also see in verses 5 and 6, uh, in, f- in verses 5 and 6, it says Enoch was translated or raptured, if you will. Amen. Now, has Enoch, did he ever see that before? No. But he, because he acted upon and being obedient to the promises of God, the things that he hadn't seen before, he was able to experience. That's faith. But then we also see Noah in verse number 7. Noah. Well, we know Noah's story and we know that he was the only one and they were making fun of him and he had never seen, uh, right, uh, I don't know, we know the whole story, but because of his faith, he acted upon what he had heard from God. And of course, later on, he was rewarded for his obedience. But so I started thinking about the force. What is the force here? First of all, when we're acting upon faith and we can act upon faith, First of all, we can act upon faith to help conquer our fears. Just turn in your Bibles. We're in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, look at verses 6 through 7. See, when we act upon our faith, our faith can help conquer fears. We all have fears, do we not? Everybody's afraid of something. I'm just telling you. And a lot of things that we're doing is we're not doing is because we're afraid. We're in uncharted waters. But we shouldn't be afraid because we're trusting God's promises that He says He will take care of the situation. And so here in Philippians chapter 4, look at verses 6 through 7. He says, make requests. So the first thing that an act of your faith is, you're going to talk to Jesus about it. You're going to make requests. And then he goes on and says, as you're making those requests, you will have peace with God. So if you have peace in your life, you won't have fear because fear and peace cannot cohabitate. It's either one or the other. So while I'm acting upon my faith, I don't have to be afraid because I'm just claiming what we talked about this morning. I'm claiming the promises that God has given me. And God's told me that He will go every step of the way with me. Church, we need to understand we shouldn't be afraid. Now, you might be uneasy. We shouldn't even be uneasy where we're going. Because if we truly believe this is God's church... And it is God's church. And if he's the head of the church, 
And if he died for the church, don't you think he's going to provide the resources for his church to continue on? Matter of fact, he goes on and says, even the gates of hell will not prevail his church. So I'm not afraid. And now I know there's the unknown. That's a different story. But I'm not afraid. I've already told you this and I've told uh, others and I will continue to remind you, God's already got the man picked out. But we're going to operate in faith. He knows what he's doing. He's going to give us exactly who we need. What we're needing to do is we need to quit getting bogged down with fears and asking, what about this? What about this? What if this happened? What if this happened? Listen, if this is God's church, God takes care of his church. And matter of fact, he takes care of the church far better than we can. And so we see that there is no fear when we're exercising our faith. But there's a second thing that we need to see is that our faith, because of our faith, it will help us overcome our falls. I know I'm talking to a Sunday night crowd. I know you're the cream of the crop. And I know nobody here has any problem with sin. I know you got it all taken care of. Said, yeah, right. May I remind you that we fall on a regular basis. We sin, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional, but we all mess up. I don't know about you, but I'm sure glad that the Lord Jesus, when we mess up, doesn't kick us off to the curb like many of our friends have. And I think it's a shame while we're at it that the church should be a place where those who have fallen can come back and get restored. Too many times in our church, we've kicked them to the curb. God help us. I'm grateful that he's a gracious God. And we ought to act like we're grateful. And the best way for us to act grateful for his grace is to exercise grace with others who have fallen. John 10, chapter number 28 says, Jesus speaking says, If you've been placed in my hand, no man can pluck you out. See, they say, well, that's what you Baptists believe, security. No, that's what the Bible says. It's not a Baptist thing, it's a Bible thing. God says when you're placed in his hand, no one can pluck you out. My dear friend, we need to understand is because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and that faith is strong and that faith is what keeps us and being sealed by the Holy Spirit keeps us into the day of redemption. We can understand that our faith will keep us. Our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, the last thing is that not only do we see that oh, it alludes to the faith and it also alludes to falls, but it also alludes to the future. I got money in the stock market. Pray for me. Many of you do too. Right now, we're feeling pretty good, aren't we? Man, that thing's looking good up there. But you know what? It's going to drop. 
I don't have faith in the stock market. It's good when it's good, but man, it's bad, it's bad. 08, I lost quite a bit of money. Another story. But see, my future is not governed by how much money I have in the bank or don't have in the bank. Some of you, and right, and understand, some of you are starting to look at Social Security. Micah came not the other day, and I got that statement. I had my statement laid out, and he grabbed it, and he started looking. He looked at me with a puzzled look in his face, and he says, Daddy, you've been paying into Social Security for 41 years. I said, yeah. He said, and that's all you're going to get? <laughs> I said, yeah, buddy. He says, that just don't seem right. I said, it ain't right. But, yeah. but my future is not governed by how much Social Security I'm going to get. My future is not based on who's in the White House, who's doing in Congress, what laws are going to be passed, See, my future is not based on the temporary stuff. My future is based on the eternal. John, in John chapter 14, Jesus speaking, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in me, you also believe in God. In my Father's house are many mansions. And where I go, there you will go also. See, our future, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, our future is quite bright. Now, you might not have any money. I don't know what's going to, how the thing's going to fall out. And sometimes I get a little fretful, but then I'm just reminded Jesus has made a promise to me. He's promised me that I will not live in the, the, the biggest house. I won't be able to drive the fanciest cars, but he has promised me that he's going to meet my needs. And he's also promised me that I have a home in heaven. So as we are living by faith, may I remind each and every one of us tonight is that our faith is not based on the things that we see. It's based on the things that we do not see. And the evidence that we have is evidence that we cannot see as well. But like the Old Testament saints, the promises are pointing to the cross. And because they're pointing to the cross, I know that however it falls out, I don't have to see it. I'm just believing it. And then when I'm able to see it, I'll look back and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, are you a person of faith? Maybe you're fretting over something right now, something out of your control. Maybe you have a health scare. Believe you me, when I'm sitting and seeing this kaleidoscope of things going on in my eyes, 
I just had a rest in the fact that God knew what's going on. I couldn't understand it. But God knew where I was and God was going to take care of me. And he has. That promise is not just reserved for me. It's reserved for every born again believer. Faith. Not based on what you're seeing. Based on what you're hearing. And he's telling us tonight. I got this. I got this. So don't fret. Don't worry. I'm in control. The master's on board. And as long as the master's on board, we're good.